It's extra drama for book number 74, The Perfect Girl. Oh, gladiators. Well, it's Mary Kate Battles and Marissa Flaxbart. That's me here again. Hi. And we're going to talk even more about some of the things perhaps that we were reminded of as we read uh, the book, The Perfect Girl, which is a book that is about a lovely young woman who was once fat, probably still lovely then. We'll never know because we didn't get to know that Robin very well. She was kind of a wet rag <laughs> that that previous robin that we got a glimpse of um mm-hmm. but she has some she has some issues in book 74 some issues with food uh with her diet and i guess i was going to say issues with diet culture but i guess more the reason what i'm thinking of in terms of what this book brought up was this book as like emblematic of the way that we talk about food and dieting in 1991 and throughout, you know, still now, but it's, it's like different now, I think. Um, and Mary Kate and I went to middle school and high school together in Northwest Indiana. We went through these very trenches and now our, our, you know, firmly squarely elder geriatric millennials and I feel like there's a lot of stuff going around that I, I see a lot that's like, you mentioned Jessica Simpson in the last right. episode, and this like particular picture of Jessica Simpson wearing kind of tight jeans, and she has like the slightest evidence of not having zero fat on her like midriff in this picture. It's hard to even wrap right. my head around what it was that we were thinking of this picture, but this thing about like the re- you want to know why <laughs> we're screwed up it's because we were told that this was a picture of a fat person and you're looking at this like right. slender woman who um it's actually kind of hard to even remember what that was about when you look at the picture i feel that way at least yeah i mean i think part of it was first of all high-waisted jeans were not a thing then right True. we were oh my we god we were in the yes. generation of the low-waisted jeans oh my god that's and right and she was wearing more high-waisted and it kind of gave her a little bit of a pooch which now you know the the mom jeans that everybody wears actually like accentuates that area for many people i feel like which oh, yeah. is just not it's not it's not a it's not a thing anymore but then i feel like it it really was. I'm thinking you know, it wasn't just Jessica Simpson. I'm thinking like Christina Aguilera and just like uh, Britney Spears. They all had those, you know, we were, you know, bare midriffs with a very certain like concave, look to them. You know, you had like you need yes. to have like a concave stomach and not abs right. either. It wasn't like a six yeah. pack. It was like. Right. Yeah, God forbid you have you know of. female reproductive organs that <laughs> like, just, like literally do organs. stick out. Yes, right. Um, right. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it was also like we had like Kate Moss. You know, <laughs> it's weird too. You have that thing being older of looking back at pictures of. I have I have this thing. Um, I feel like for me, 
I have always been like a larger than average person. Like I'm a little bit taller than average, but I was this tall when I was, um, which is like five foot seven when I, I feel like I was 10 or 11 and I was already this tall. Um, and I didn't feel bad about that, but I, it was a thing, you know, <laughs> like I, people mm-hmm. noticed I was the tallest in my class, but then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I didn't get that much taller. But when I look back at pictures of myself in high school and I think about how fat I thought I was because I was wearing like, you know, the biggest size in the junior section or whatever, because I weighed more than a hundred pounds and then more than 150 pounds. And a lot of it was about pounds. Like, you would hear tell about, like, how many pounds you were supposed to weigh. And I, I weigh, weighed more than that. Um, and I think I, you know, so I was just always, I always felt like I was very fat. And I was a little, but, like, I look back at pictures of myself from, from then, and it's just like, oh, my God, what were you thinking? Like, why? Yeah. like I think that's a common, like, that's a very, very common thing. That's not quite my experience I'm not sure how I got out of not knowing like I can't tell you what size clothes I wore in high school I I don't know um I it came it started in college is when I started like noticing those things so I Mm -hmm. I was like a a late bloomer to that world but I you know could be considered a much more traditional you know air quote normal size uh, and, and I'm much shorter too. I, I was maybe five foot one. Yeah. <laughs> you just know, like a petite person in general. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom's four foot 10. So, you know, <laughs> I, I was just like a small person and that those things didn't quite come up for me until later, but diet culture was, uh, prevalent and I, I, it definitely infiltrated my body and my brain. Um, but thinking about like pounds and numbers, for whatever reason, wasn't part of my high school life, but it did certainly become part of my life later on. Yeah. Something that um, I this <clears throat> book brought to mind for me was an experience that I had in, I think, probably like eighth grade, where I feel like it was my first sort of confirmation by like society that like I was being grouped in with like fat girls and it was ironically in an effort to help someone so um there was a young woman who I guess was suffering from I think it was bulimia um not somebody I I knew particularly well but somebody in our class our our school wasn't so huge that you didn't know people that were in your class if you were (laughs) a socialish mm-hmm. person, right? And mm-hmm. um, this person, I, I, yeah, I think I think it was bulimia that she was suffering from. And what they did was they like convened a group of girls to sort of like be a su- kind of like a support group for this person. And we met in some kind of room that I hadn't even known existed at the middle school around a table and like talked about this girl who was there like how we were how we could maybe support her and like I don't exactly remember except I I remember it being so weird like why am I here like I don't know this person very well like why are we why have we been gathered like it felt so strange I didn't understand 
And I went home and I told my mom about it. And she said, well, was there anything that like the people in the room had in common? And I, I feel like I, as I recall, I remember thinking about it, but that on some gut level, like I already had the answer, which is that we were mm. all like bigger girls in the room. Mm. But I had not, I, I am thankful that I, I have not struggled with an eating disorder in my life. I, I actually feel like I have a pretty darn healthy relationship with food for the most part. Like everyone has room for improvement and I have made positive changes over the years with it. But like, it's one of the reasons that, that I get so fired up about this shit with being allowed to eat or not is because I, I'm a really, I'm a very healthy person. Like my blood tests are amazing. My, you know, like I, 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 like I am an example of someone who and also I have tried very, very hard to lose weight and not really had any success with it. Almost as if my body is like, hey, this is the size that you are, you know, so imagine that. Imagine that. So part of having a healthy relationship with my body and food is actually kind of accepting that ironically. And you get this this still very loud thing in society of well-being it's something Jessica says in this book, and, and I do feel, I know we brought this up, I do feel that there's a lot more representation of bigger bodies. People are allowed to be bigger in the world than when we were growing up. But the mm-hmm. thing that's still so insidious is this insistence that if you are overweight, it is unhealthy. Right. And when that can be very true, there is absolutely a, you know, um, comorbidity or whatever you call it like there is Mm -hmm. that's a thing that you can point to but it doesn't equal you know if fat then unhealthy and people just don't right right I think a lot of of people can't wrap their heads around that Uh, one of my pet peeves is when you know people comment on people's bodies when they lose weight and they say hey you look great what are you doing and I think of my sister-in-law who recently passed away but we were at like a we were at a restaurant and somebody said julie haven't seen you in a long time you look great what are you doing she's like i have cancer (laughs) it's like you know um you don't know why people have lost weight or gained weight and it's really none of your fucking business unless you're you know taking part of their medical care um And, you know, that has been something that people have commented on to me when I've lost weight for, you know, different reasons. And I, I hate it. And, um, I, I think it's the same for, for a lot of women, maybe some women like the attention, but for me, it's just total cringe when, um, when people comment on my body, I don't want you to comment on my body. (laughs) Right. It's, it's like a weird reminder that that's even a way that you're being judged in the world, which is, yeah. I, I actually, I mentioned not having success with trying to lose weight. I actually did once have a, like, successful weight loss not that long ago where I lost maybe, like, I don't know, I feel like I probably lost, like, 30 pounds or something, which sounds like a lot more than I feel like it actually seemed to be on me. But anyway, but it was something that where people were noticing, and it was so weird to it was it was very weird to navigate like compliments. And I think it actually had the effect of making me feel worse about 
like not looking like that anymore when then the pandemic happened and I, I, you know, I gained a bunch of weight. But you know what? I tried to do the exact same thing I'd done before to lose the weight again and it didn't work, you know, and that's part of the, mm-hmm. like the same thing, you know, that's part of, um, that's part of it. Anyway, now I feel like I'm in, almost engaging in diet culture talking about this, but that's just, it's just like. It's just part of our lives, unfortunately. I feel like um, I can be in a good place or a bad place with it, just depending on, you know, the week or who I'm talking to or like what what thing is said at something. Um, And I know we're not the only ones, Marissa. Um, But yeah, when people talk about even when I was, you know, like very pregnant, I was very uncomfortable with people saying, oh, you look like you're about to pop. And you're like, I got six weeks to go. (laughs) But thank you. Um, Now I hate it. Or the opposite was when like, oh, I had no idea you were, you know, five months pregnant. You don't look it. And then you go, is my child malnutrition? Should I be looking bigger? It's like, it's yeah. just keep your mouth closed, man. Just ask somebody how they're feeling. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to with the sort of like health thing, too. It's all right. it's interesting how many different ways we're finding that the idea of of weight and health are combined or, or like crossed over in, in these strange ways. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting, too, that in this book, they didn't have Robin's mom be a source of her issues. You know, like she had issues with her mom about food, but it was all it was internal. You know what I mean? Like her mom seemed to be cooking relatively nutritious meals and was serving them to the family. They were eating around a family table. She was concerned about Robin's eating or not eating. And I mention that because I think it's just such a common thing that we have these um, ideas about dieting and weight and size and stuff handed down from like a maternal bloodline <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my own, my own mother was al- like always a very big and she, she also had like a very big chest, which I think had the overall appearance of making her entire body bigger, but she was, she was always big and she was also really cool and beautiful. And it was just something that even though I really think she was trying not to pass that stuff along with me, along to me, there are certain things that she has said to me, like in a fitting room, at mm-hmm. a at a store, or about herself, that mm-hmm. haunt me absolutely. And then yeah. her mother was not the number one source of her own issues. I think it was more her grandmother. But you know, her mother would do things like. She had been of such a slender beauty, my grandmother, when she was growing up. And, you know, like anybody does, she, you know, gained some weight when she got older, um, but had a normal figure, really. But she adopted this thing where she would wear giant T-shirts. And she would also give me and my cousin these huge T-shirts. And especially me, because I was my cousin. I don't know. I'll have to ask her if she got that as much. But she has a more classically perfect figure, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how she'll feel about me saying that. But um, anyway, grandma or grandmother would like always buy these t-shirts for holidays or whatever that were like big and boxy. And she would say, it's better because then nobody can see what you've got going on. Like it hides you. And she felt that way about herself. But I will tell you, this story has a happy ending because one day my grandmother had an awakening and she was like, you know what? 
I think if you wear stuff that actually like fits your body, then like like your curves and stuff that you have going on, like that that could accentuate that, you know, like for herself too. Like, oh, I think right. maybe I was wrong about the boxy t-shirt thing. And it was a very happy day to hear my grandma. It's like the day my grandmother looked at my face and was like, oh, you actually have very beautiful skin. It's like, yeah, yeah I know. You've just been telling me <laughs> that I needed to like fix my acne all these years. Well, guess what? <laughs> right. that, that was yeah. over. And you're commenting on it never helped. Right. Right. I I definitely, I mean, even, you know, my mom made comments. Like I have this specific moment. I went to, I I was in a golf tournament abroad and it was like rigorous. It was like 10 days and you were playing a lot of golf. This was in high school. And when I came back, you know, I had lost some weight because you're, you're just like eating and playing and eating, playing. Mm -hmm. And I get out of the car after the airport and I like specifically remember like standing at the bottom of our driveway in Indiana and her saying like you have never looked more beautiful than you do right now oh my gosh like I remember and and and, you know my my mom was a child psychologist for 25 years you know so Mm -hmm. um but you know that's just like a moment in my life that I remember there's things about like makeup and stuff that like I will never forget too but those are things that were passed on to us that I I work very hard as having an almost five-year-old to kind of break away from you know because I've got hang-ups about my body and food and I'm not I really am working hard not to pass them on it's very hard you know at school my son talks a lot about healthy and unhealthy foods. And we're working really hard about food is food, food is fuel. Some foods give you more fuel than others. Some, if you have a lot of it, might make you have a, you know, a tummy ache or whatever. Some may give you more energy, but nothing's bad. You know, I don't want him to ever feel like anything's off limits because I think for a lot of us, uh, you know, it felt good to quote, be bad. Right. Or whatever. And I don't, I don't wish that upon him or anybody, you know, that age. And I think we all have to work really hard. Even my husband has to work really hard. Um, you know, even as like a straight white male, you know, who, you know, lived in diet culture land and and still does. Uh, so yeah, it's tough. That's important to acknowledge. Like we're talking about being a woman and about being, you know, judged for being overweight or whatever, but like these like body shaming issues affect, you know, all genders and they also affect people that, um, society or someone in your family or whatever judges you to be too slender, you know, judges you to not have enough meat on your bones or whatever, you know, that's a thing that I know, um, can, is, really a big a tr- trouble spot for a lot of people too so it's all it's all that perfect sure. size six thing right yeah um, it's so it's so painful and you know my son was a big baby he was just physically big he was literally off the charts on every percentage that they that they did and <laughs> people would say things like oh it's so good to have those thick legs while you're allowed to have them oof, and you're yeah. just like Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you're like, we're so broken, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, come 
on. We're talking about a nine-month-old child here. And, you know, aside from just, like, diet culture, it's like, are we, you know, girls or boys, are we sexualizing our, our, our children, like, this early on about having thick thighs? And, you know, it's just, it's so painful and it's so hard and so awkward because, of course, many of the people who say these things uh, are coworkers or clients or, you know, loved ones. And we have to be very careful, but also like, I need to protect my kid. You know, I'm, I'm working very, very hard against that. Yeah. Well, I think that is a positive thing. You know, the idea of like Mm -hmm. being aware and then maybe trying to to break the cycle to as much as much as we have control over that, right? Because we can't right. control how our no. children feel about them, their bodies um, or what the world feeds them literally or figuratively about uh, about that <laughs> stuff. But we, you know, exert control where you can in a healthy way is a good a good lesson for this. Yeah. I have to check myself before I wreck myself. Let's all check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, shall we? Uh, Mary-Kate, thank you so much for talking about this with me. Um, Gladiators, I hope this was a good time. Um, Look forward to more fun and new (laughs) things happening in Sweet Valley Diaries next week with Book 75. Amy's True Love. It's really a special banner book. A banner book in the series. In oh, a... Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you too, Mary Kate. You can read that okay. one and see what okay. Amy's up okay. to. Okay. Um, all right. And hopefully we'll be able to break the cycle for you. Although <laughs> a, Robin, Robin's last book was a little more normal, the last one you did. Yes. Agreed. And I think that's all. That's it. Uh, Gladiators, thanks for hanging with us. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Bye. Indeed. Goodbye.